Well, hey, everybody. This is Float On, the podcast that gives you guidance and insight in seeing more beauty along the river ride that is life. You can't go back. You can only learn and move forward. I'm your host and producer, Delia Jean, and as always, I am super pumped to have you with me here as we learn together and inevitably float on. I hope you're all doing so good today. Today's episode includes my guest for this week. Her name is Jenny Ambrose. Let me tell you about my girl, Jenny, from the block. She is a powerhouse. I meet such a variety of people doing this podcast, and it's been so much fun, and I always feel lucky, but when I met Jenny, I felt like really lucky. We are so, so alike on so many levels, and it's just funny to hear her take on her life and how she learns through life and the way she sees design and all that stuff. It was so much fun to talk with her. Jenny is an award-winning designer. She's creative. She's an innovative thinker, and she's running an award-winning design science and strategy studio called Puree Fantastico. She's worked with large Fortune 500 companies such as Old Navy, Home Shopping Network, American Greetings, 3M, Walgreens, and thousands more across the last 15 years. She's part scientist, part artist, all powerhouse. Jenny knows how to sync with her client's deepest voice and concerns and communicate solutions as if they'd been present because they are. I mean, what more can I say about Jenny? Let's just get into my chat with her. I'm super excited for you guys to hear this one. So today we are here with Jenny Ambrose. Hi, Jenny. Hi. So nice to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so, so happy to, so happy to have you here. Your personality is just a ray of sunshine. I can't wait to talk with you for a little while. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. I mean, if it's not fun, it's not worth doing, so. Oh gosh, I can feel that girl. (laughs) So do me a favor. Tell us a little bit about some of your important moments as someone who really strives to learn from life and how you feel you got to that moment when you realized like, oh yeah, I'm a life learner. I honestly was born a life learner. I was a child obsessed with school, obsessed with homework. I am still that human being that gets excited with every client and every project that I get because it's like, oh, new things. And (laughs) for me, the ability to learn always presents beautiful opportunities. So the main important things were as a child, I was obsessed with learning every language. So my parents would buy me like languages on tape for my birthday, for Hanukkah, for Christmas. That translated into the designer that I am because I treat design as a language. So even though I'm not speaking Japanese and Portuguese, learning how my clients communicate and translating that visually and verbally, strategically is the same for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. I believe it too. As an artist myself, design is huge. I do logo designs for people and it's funny trying to get clients to understand every little detail and every piece and part of this logo you are communicating subliminally you know whether it's the shape the overall shape that you choose the font that you choose how we portray the little icon if you want one like all that stuff goes into communicating and it is it's so interesting when you really dive into the world of design it's a big big world isn't it and it's my favorite pool to swim in because me too I learned a long time ago that in order to be a successful designer, I needed to learn as much as humanly possible to glean from and then to bring to the table and help my clients communicate. I mean, I was using, for real, I was using algebraic equations in art school to show how movies worked because to me, it made sense. There are so many parallels in relationships with math 
mathematics. Math is all about relationships. And that to me was a very seamless transition. Not so much for other people I was going to school with. And that that was one of the moments where I'm like, oh, I am different. And honestly, (laughs) just seeing my beautiful coiffure here, I taught myself how to do a roller set. Because every haircut I wanted, I have naturally curly hair. No, it does not look like fabulousness. I have to do that. But I was in a salon looking at pictures and she's like, that's what we're set. That's what we're set. I'm like, okay, so do one on my bed and let me see how to yeah. do this. And so she showed me and I got rollers and I practiced and I practiced and I timed myself because it was the purest way for me to be me. Yeah. And so I'm like, I do not care the effort that I have to put in I will be who I want to be right that's that's learning I'm the same exact way, girl. I'm telling you, I there is no limit to my learning. We go to, I take my son, he's 12. We go to barbershops and stuff. Granted, I feel like I've grown up exposed to the hair world. My mom was a hairdresser and mm-hmm. she even went as far as teaching hair for years to like at a college of cosmetology and things. And so I grew up with her basically explaining to me how she does haircuts, like as she would cut my hair or my brother's hair. And I would just kind of soak it in. And I don't want to say I'm like a professional hairdresser or anything, but I definitely definitely know I have a pretty good idea of how to cut hair and the funny thing is now my son is 12 and he wants to go to a barbershop you know he likes that scene and so I ask him like is it okay if I come and sit or do you want me to like stand outside the door because it's a guy scene you know I don't want to squash that but he's always cool with me coming in and I do I sit there and I watch these guys what they do what tools they use on his hair because half the time he doesn't even want to go he'll just be like you do it mom and so I will cut his hair and I do a really good job and I also cut my significant other's hair too. I cut my husband's hair for the first time. Yeah weeks ago because okay in art school I used to barter and cut people's hair and they would do my dishes or cook me dinner because I'm like ew cooking ew cleaning (laughs) but I will take my straight razor and I will sit in front of his dorm and I will give you a super cool haircut I love that and Jenny do you cut your own hair I used to I used to okay 19 to like 25 I used to cut my own hair in the mirror with like a straight razor or I would go to a salon pay a woman and just be like spot me I'm gonna use your tools I'm gonna cut my own hair just like (laughs) be a supervisor so funny I love it your hair looks cute now if someone else is doing it it looks good I'm sure you did a good job back then too it's an ongoing collaborative conversation because I am an artist I'm a designer I'm creative yeah I don't want to step on someone else's creativity right I want what I want on my head so well and I feel like natural curls I mean you can see my hair is natural curly too everybody knows me as the curly girl yep. it is my identity and so it's taken me a while my mom her shoulders and stuff like she struggles now like I would never expect her to cut my hair but so I found someone who's like a curly haired specialist in Cleveland and she's big like you gotta schedule like four or five months out with her right. if you're new to her you might have to wait even longer than that and so I'm in with her now and it's all good but it's been a journey trying to find somebody who really knows what they're doing with curly hair because if they have straight hair they can say all day that they know but unless you live with it I just feel like there's not that level of like true understanding of what you're dealing with you know and I'm so grateful 
well, the woman I have is like a punky, artsy person. So she's like, I'm down. Let's make this happen. And it is like a two hour long conversation. I'm like, you see this shape? What if it were like this? Here's how I like to wear it. Here's what I'm thinking. And then she just goes. And the same with the color. I'm like, sometimes I want pink. Sometimes I want purple. I'm like really obsessed with this idea of black that fades to a forest green. And I think it might be a wig. Yeah, I live my entire self is to live as one. I mean, you could get a wig like that and then you can just wear it when you're really urging because, you know, that green color is going to be tough to maintain. But if you had it on a wig, that could be whoever I game up. Yep. Yeah. Like, oh, this is Ava right now with her sassiness and just like do that. I think that's. Um, I'm loving that idea. It sounds like so much fun. I've always thought about wigs too, like for myself, just living vicariously through other people who have like really cool straight haircuts. Yeah. But the pixie cut, like the little short, literally every time I'm like, that is the cutest thing ever. But if I did that, it would drizzle once and I'd be like Bozo the Clown. Like it's just not going to work for me. So I recently read that Zendaya doesn't like working out and she made a character for herself that's obsessed with working out. And I'm like, what? Well, that's genius. I'm going to borrow that idea. And I think my character might be named Stacy, who's like, yeah, let's work out. Like that. That's that is- kind of funny. <laughs> that's a new, that's a whole new approach to it. I mean, yeah. I've talked about calling it something else, making it quoted in a frame of mind of where you're like, I get to do this. Like I get to move my body. Well, like, you get like, to do privilege. that as Bailey or Sasha. Or but whoever. yeah, that's kind of fun. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. hilarious. Jenny, you're always coming up with them. It's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. But that's it's like so you're funny. saying how your mom was showing you how to cut hair. And even yeah. though it's not something that you do, I right. bet that there's a similarity either in the process or in how you deal with people or in, in somewhere in there that you bring to the table today. Yeah. I am of the belief that every single thing you learn benefits every single thing you want to do, whether or not yes. you can see it. Or huh. every single thing you already do. Yep. I'm with you on that. I've been all, uh, people ask me all the time, like, oh, what do you do? Because I'm an artist, but I do so many things. Like, first of all, I teach high schools. I've got my hands in clay, photography, painting, like drawing everything, right, throughout the day. And then professionally, I do illustrative work and my own designs that I sell, like goods. And then I have graphic design. I do logos. I toy with photography. I would say that's the one thing that I'm not, like, accepting money for. Only because I just keep it as, like, that thing I do for fun. And I don't want to be pressured to, like, do it for anything else but and then I'm doing like watercolor commissions and I'm just it's constant and I I'm all over the place and then when people ask me like well what do you do and I kind of feel like having that very holistic approach to art and design and visual effectiveness and understanding it on so many different levels makes me more confident in what I do in any given direction you know what I mean and I feel like you're that way too like you've got so much going on I'm you know like tell us tell our listeners about the stuff that you do Jenny because you're just so cool I am uh, absolutely a polymath. I'll even go so far as to be super pretentious. I'm sorry, as an autodidact polymath, which is a can you explain? Can you yes. explain that term for the, our listeners that may not have any idea what you're talking about? An 
autodidact is a super fancy $15 word to say self-taught. I love it. And self-propelled in that thing. So I don't care what I'm learning. I love to learn. Before I embarked on a 13-year-long research project, I would sit in front of Wikipedia until way too early in the morning, probably like 4 or 5 a.m., getting lost in rabbit holes. And I would read about theoretical calculus. I would read about the lineage of Roman emperors. I would read about why it was called Gaul and not France. Like the most (laughs) random things just to keep my brain entertained. Yeah. I have degrees in anthropology and graphic design. So right away, I never felt like I was in completely one pool or the other. I am a creative person. I love to make. I love to design. I love to sew. I love, I mean, like it doesn't matter the thing I love to make. And in art school, I was completely different because I love to think and I would use math and people would be like, I don't know what to do with you. And so when I graduated art school, I was left to my own devices. So someone Mm -hmm. who is self-taught and loves to learn is left to their own devices. Guess what they're going to do? Learn and grow and try. And so in my business right now, I have visual services, branding and websites. I've even made commercials and I've done photo shoots. I've done entire marketing campaigns. I do verbal. So I name businesses. I'll do copywriting. I do content creation. I've done taglines. I've written bios. This week I wrote a bio for a client that's a creation myth. That's fun. What? What is that? It was like, because you know, bios are like this person, blah, blah, blah. And then they did blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This one is forged from Florida. I know fuckery well. Like it's very, very (laughs) intense. Um, But it's exactly what my client wanted. And so so even though it's like boring business writing, it's still creative writing. And so then I do strategic services where I do positioning and I do the demographic market and I do how you want to feel around your work. How do you want people to feel around your work? And so it's very woo-woo. And esoteric, but all of it is communication. It's why I don't buy when people are like, you do too many things. It's like, mm, I just do one thing supremely well in any direction one could do it. If it's in That's kind of how I feel too. Like just my whole everything that I do, it's the same exact thing where it's like, look, I am your creative person. Whatever you need creatively, that's me. I'm here. I can help you with anything. Anything. Like today I, I was talking to someone who needs, you know, the creative branding, packaging, marketing, but they also need facilitation. And I am so such a positive busybody. And I'm like, I love facilitation because it gives me a reason to talk to all of the people about any reason at all. And I'm like, good, good, good. I love it. It's good. Yeah, you've got, I just love the idea behind your business and the way that it's sort of a holistic approach to all things people, creativity, communication, design. And I feel like on certain levels too, there's so many places where people don't see design and it exists. Yes. I played this game with my high school kids in the beginning of the year just to like get their brains thinking. And I call the game, It's Mine. And we start class talking about like where art exists and why we should appreciate art and all of this stuff right and I say okay we're gonna play a game for all of you you know who are just here because you have to be here and you need an art credit raise your hand so those are the ones who get to play the game and the other ones who are like I love art I'm here for for art they get to just sit and watch the torture happen unfold and so we just start I'll just be like okay cool tell me about your shirt 
Do you think a designer was a part of your shirt? And we break it down all the way down to the best is that I teach high school kids. So a lot of the kids have wallets and money. So I'll be like, hey, let's see what do you got in there. The kid will pull out like a $20 bill. And I was like, okay, you don't like art? Hand it over. It's mine. You don't need it, right? You don't like art. You don't like design. That's what you said. So it's just a funny way to like, and of course I would never take their money, but it's just a funny way to get them all like, oh my gosh, like it is literally everywhere. It's your toothbrush. It's the bag that your bread comes in it's everywhere you look oh the device yeah. that everything and it's- i mean user interface yeah. design is a huge huge profession now that's only growing more and more and it's because we're all on our devices that's all user interface i have to say that good design is invisible and i, I feel like that's a famous quote so oh it's so true good yeah design is invisible bad design is you see it yelling at yes and yep. that's why so many people don't know how to recognize design because when it's done well you're not supposed to notice it you're supposed to experience it and that experience feels good yeah you know and that's very important but the ability to talk about it and to recognize it is also important so part of the reason why i structured my entire business the way that I did was because I was not happy working as a designer in an agency. It felt very cog and peace. And I'm like, design is about solving problems, not just being on a screen. I mean, like, I love fonts. I love color. I love all of that. Yeah. This makes moves. This communicates. This is not just cool and pretty. This speaks. And when I work with a client, it's so much more important that we're on the same page of what do you want to say? How do you want people to feel? What does an experience look like? What does an experience feel like for you? Yeah. And then the solutions, whether it's branding or it's content or a website, it doesn't matter because the framing is all about what that feels like. Right. And I can't believe I'm like an innovator here. I'm like, this is so obvious to me. I don't know what you're not seeing. We both see the blue sky. We should both be able to look at this and understand it. But it's not the way. Well, I think it comes back to what you had said, that design and language are so intensely connected. I mean, they are just bound at every angle. And when you approach someone who, let's say, wants a design, and you're going back and forth with them, you open up this dialogue, which is in words in so many ways. But even with me, with my clients, like anyone who comes to me and says they want a logo design. I try to cut out as much of the verbal word communication as possible because I know how much people struggle with communicating and I know how much I struggle with communicating with words. I prefer visual. And so what I do with my clients is I tell them, okay, in the next two weeks, screenshot every logo or every shape or every whatever it is and send it to me. And I make them a file, a client file. And every time I just, they have my number through Messenger, through Instagram, whatever. Every time they send me something, I just dump it into their file every time, every time. And then we take a look at this collection of shapes, things they're attracted to, whether it's a font or a logo or whatever. I explain to them like, look, by no means are we going to copy this stuff. This logo might not have anything to do with your company. True. But if you're attracted to it and it's speaking to you in some way, you're attracted to it. We're going to break it down by the design elements and figure out what it is that you like out of all these things and we're going to put them together. 
together. Yep. And for me, it's super productive because I'm such a visual person that I feel like I'm kind of like you that way where I'm, I sometimes I feel like I'm seeing things with x-ray vision. I'm seeing the similarities that they're attracted to, but if I were to say it to them in words, they're like, oh no. And I'm like, uh, yeah. It's such a <laughs> do you not see? process. I do a very abstract question. So I get them to talk about how, what patience looks like. I get them to talk about who put the bump in the bump along. <laughs> I swear to God, I, swear <laughs> I love it. because getting them in a weird space where they do not know what they're talking about or where it's going to be used, frees them up in this more branding, abstract sort of, who am I if I have to curate myself into a business yeah. sort of experience? So we have that verbal space. Then I do visual inspiration, which is just what you're talking about. But instead of logos and brands, I have them look at other things that create the same feeling they want to create. Mm, I don't want to yes. see other logos necessarily. I don't necessarily want to see other people in the same industry. I want to see people that create the same feeling. So if I'm working with a coach, she could send me dog food, but right. the dog food packaging is like vibrant and playful. I'm like, okay, here is this energy. If you are looking at things in the same industry, you're not going to find it because you are in that industry bringing that. Right. So between those two things, we have a conversation. I'm like, walk me through your thought process here. And I say nothing. And they're like, well, I looked at this and I felt this. I'm like, okay. So when she sees this, she feels this. And I build like a code of their subjectivity. Right. I'm like smushing myself in their brain and being like, okay. So when she sees this, font she feels welcoming even though technically the font would be like cold and sans right and who cares she right this that's what this is and so it becomes a very validating experience for my client because whatever they want they can have because that's what they're recognizing yeah and so i love that to own it and to put it on you then feel the confidence because you're like this is how i see myself this is how that is represented and as soon Mm -hmm. as you can get there you have set the tone for other people to be like yep that's how that's represented. Even though it didn't exist before, you're setting that standard. Right. With the culmination of all the elements put together yep. as a finished product. Yep. I and love that's that. How that's they so great. Their message out or they attract the clients that they want effortlessly because that's how I did it for me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand other designers who have a hard time designing for themselves. I'm like, if you can design for someone else, your process has been proven. Right. Put yourself through that process and result is no problem. Oh, well, it's all about getting outside of your head, though. I like to make myself my own client and dabble in schizophrenia. (laughs) No, really, though, I think it's important for people who are creators to give themselves that same, put themselves on the same level that they would put client who wants, you know, commission work done. Over the summer, when I was like, who I am and what I'm doing is not fully represented in my brain. For the listeners who can't see, Jenny's got her awesome is it pronounced puree yeah it's puree fantastico okay so she's got her awesome logo behind her on the wall and it's super fun it's like literally the whole wall and it's all kinds of shapes and colors i'll see if i bet you i could probably post a link to an image jenny you could get me an image of your oh yeah logo your or it's on your website i'm sure right yeah it's just yeah so we'll put the website yeah we'll put the website in the show notes and people can go see but it's super fun tell us about it for me the different shapes speak to the possibility but they also speak to the amount of services I offer. 
offered. Because when I work with someone at this point, it's usually three or four different services combined. Whether I'm naming a business, branding, working on their website, handling their content, and then like an aftercare package. I do big projects. So I wanted the ability to create endless combinations of different elements that felt whole and felt like it belonged as it was blending and playing and interacting with each other. And so over the summer, I put myself through my own process and it was kind of scary because it could feel a little bit like kindergarten playground time. But the same truth is that's how it feels. That's how it feels for me. That's how it feels when I work with people. Like it's complete unbridled joy. So why not engage that? Why not put that out? I have a question for you, Jenny. When you did that, you stepped outside of your head a little bit. Did you learn anything new about yourself? I'm just curious. I learned that there is still a part of me that questions if I am taken seriously by fully engaging in my joy and what that looks like. Right now, I don't know if there's video, but I definitely have beautiful butterfly clips in my hair. Yes. That her hair looks compared to mine today. She is just hey killing not. It. We are both beautiful, <laughs> strong, talented women in our own right. No comparison. Oh my gosh. I know, but my hair is like yesterday hair. Because I try not to wash my hair every day. And your hair is like spot on with your butterflies and everything. She looks straight out of the Garden of Eden, you guys. Not going to lie. I live to be a mythological character. The truth <laughs> I, is, I ran out of my call, hopped in the shower, like did a quick rinse ran down the stairs, put my hair in a roller set, sat. Okay, I have a bonnet dryer right by my Oh, fantastico. It does. And so I love it. Like answering emails, dealing with stuff before this podcast, being like, ah, ah, because... <laughs> Because for me, this is how I want to show up. Yeah. But I totally had two-day-old washed hair looking like a girl. I love it. You look amazing. I wish everyone could see your picture right now. So good. I beam it. I beam it into their consciousness. You're just so good. That's me. (laughs) Love it. Jenny, do you have... So with you being such a natural learner, I feel like we're a lot alike that way. Do you have any moments? Because I have these sometimes. I'm just going to ask you this randomly. But do you ever have moments with people like friends family who know you who make comments like when do you sleep or how do you have the drive or the motivation to do constantly learn what do you, what is your answer for that for me curiosity fuels me and I feel like if they knew me they would just be like oh that's Jenny I get it you're a flake I'm like I'm not a flake I'm just obsessed with learning all the things and that fuels me yeah but I am a very naturally energetic person Person. I do get how do you fit it all in? Why are you a jack of all trades? And it's like, mm, I don't offer plumbing. I don't offer yeah. law <laughs> services. I offer communication services. Not here teaching a dance class. Right. But I just get a little sassy. I'm not a jack of all trades, just a chain of many. That's all. Get on the bus so funny yeah it's the same with me like I'm such a creative person everybody knows that about me if they need anything creatively I'm their girl but I'm also like I've got an old century home so I'm obsessed with learning all of I'm the one late at night like sitting up learning about how to replace the weights in or the ropes in like double hung windows or like what does it mean to like lay concrete professionally or how do you install cabinetry stuff like that like I remodeled my bathroom literally 
literally had no idea what I was doing going in. The only thing I knew how to do was lay tile because my mom was a big DIY. She always did stuff herself. So I had laid tile with her and had an idea of that. Obviously not the whole job, but it was a big part of it I understood. So going into it, I mean, it was just YouTube University the whole way. I just was constantly watching videos, looking for guys who had legit channels with like lots of views. So you're like kind of raking through your resources because there's going to be a bunch of guys on there who have their garage project that they want to talk about with 45 views or something like that. But it was a journey. My husband watches the videos. I will get the inkling of like, hmm, I wonder if. And then he's like, oh. And then he will look into the videos because I won't even look in the videos. I will just go. Like, <laughs> I'm a major planner. Oh, God. Major. I have not planned. I have not planned it goddamn things in 2008 and why there is a date there is because my plan blew up so hard in my oh man but i'm like you know what i don't need a plan (laughs) (laughs) but like with this i pulled up my illustrator file of my branding and had my cricket maker and had vinyl for years because i didn't know what i wanted to do with it i'm like you know what i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna dive in what's the worst that can happen i have to get more vinyls first and just put on twin peaks and made that just by eyeing it. I was like, you know what? I feel comfortable. I feel free. And it was the first time in a long time that it just felt so good to let go and not be a perfectionist and not like the aligned function and just be like, whatever, it's wonky and it's working. Oh man, I feel like that's a really good point though. For some people like me, I'm a major planner. I need to have a point A, point B, and I adapt along the way. Whereas you found it so freeing to just like go for it. And I think, yeah, and I think that's so important for people to know like there's not one right way to do any given thing, really. Like you could take any, especially with like design and creativity or, you know, anything like that. Like there's just go with the way that you feel like. Yes. Be willing to like self monitor the process. Know if you're, if you're screwing up or if you're doing it right or whatever, but reflect along the way. I just think that going for it can be really good for certain people. Especially as business owners, I feel like there's so much pressure and there's so much shoulding. And I say you don't should all over yourself. Yeah. What's the worst that's going to happen if you update a different Instagram theme? Is your world going to explode? No. Put it out there. Yeah. And if you don't like it. You don't want to be, you don't want to be sitting in a steaming pile of shoulds. No. It it weighs (laughs) you down. And then to hold yourself back. I feel like is the biggest crime. So whether it's like fear or perfectionism, which is uh, a different side of procrastination, let's be honest. Right. Let it go. Yeah, it's it's the ugly sister, you know? I I suffer from procrastination in that I would be like, ooh, let's go before there's all the information and then I have to like work it. (laughs) So I have to like sit on my hands and chill the hell out. Um, That's not a problem most people have, but I get that. So with your logo, you had mentioned you had your illustrator file right and you had all your different colors and you were just going with the cricket so did you make the shapes in your illustrator file as you went digitally and then put them on the wall or were you cutting shapes putting them on the wall and then placing them in illustrator based on where you put them on the wall no the opposite so i had a general composition in illustrator that i use for my proposal documents that i use for my branded documents i saved them in different combinations so that i could get the different colors and so i had a general guide to like look and be like because sorry 
this one, this purple, can you see this purple? Yeah, the purple zone. obsessed with this for, yeah. I, I just have favorites. And so I'm like, this has to be perfect. Everything else can be a fun mix. I don't know. It's only five foot one. So I have to get on a stool anyway. It's like go all yeah. there. So it took me four days and I deeply obsessed over it. And then I'm like, you know what? I have to just walk away. Cause like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But yeah, I opened up Illustrator and cricketed just I love it. And then peeled it, stuck it on a wall. I think my favorite part is the little salmon colored pastel right below the O right there. That light, that guy and the way it's sort of echoing the O, but not quite. And the font that you used for the logo is very sans serif block equilateral type shapes. And I'm loving it. I just, that shape is the same. Yeah. Like that zone with the O and those couple shapes that are like salmon color with the little red dot. I love that zone. I keep staring at it. It's good stuff. This same font from the London Underground. Okay, cool. And I'm like, nice. Because I need, you know, I am a creative person, but as much as I'm a creative person, I'm actually maybe a little bit more of an analytical person. Okay. Because even when I create, I have to put myself through my own process. Even it's like making hand towels, and then I have to make a concept, and then I have to go through the questionnaire, and then I have to compile inspiration, and then I have to go through the whole shebang in order for me to make it. And that's as wonderful as it is frustrating. Because it just takes me forever. And so I'm very grateful to have my husband, who is my partner in business, to be like, Doug's great, babe. It's done. And I'm like, what do you mean it's done? I have 50 more variations to consider before I <laughs> like, 50 more. For hand towels. Oh my God. Hand towels. That's too funny. It's true, though. It is very... Are there ways that you overcome those moments when you feel like you're caught? Like, let's say if your husband's not around, how do you overcome these moments when you're sort of stuck in analytic mode? I walk away. I put it down. If I get to, like, noodling, if I'm, like, in the, ooh, click, ooh, undo, ooh, click, ooh, undo, walk away. Yeah. I go and I watch TV or I take myself on a walk or I switch yeah. the project because I get very obsessive. I had a professor who told me I designed the way Herman Melville writes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, thorough and intense. What's up? Like that. Just <laughs> I love it. It's the same thing with my clients though. Like I, you know, when you get to that point when you're between three versions, I will give them the three versions in a little image spaced mm-hmm. apart and I tell them to just okay keep it on your phone or wherever and look at it periodically throughout the day and in the fastest time possible which one do you gravitate to ready for this Here's right I go them, with your gut I tell them to print them out I'll send them individual print it out print multiple copies tape them in random places that they will encounter yes that's a great idea because they will get sick of the one they don't really like and right start to look forward to the ones they yep. do like and then it's like guess which one you pick the one you really like right Yeah. And that's the way to do it. Trying to force people to see it in the context of their day and over and over again. It goes back to what we had said. Good design just works. Where bad design, you see it, you notice it, and you're going to get sick of it. I don't have a biological child. I have multiple animals. And when I'm thinking about the name of the animal, I say that name a billion times because guess what I'm going to be doing? Saying that name a billion times. (laughs) So, like, if the name is annoying to me, I can't really name 
my cat. Yeah. But if I'm like, oh, that's a cute name. I could say that a bunch of times. And then I find myself picking one at random. I'm like, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. It's so good. I have a thing with my cats that sort of, I don't know. I, I think it just goes back to my childhood. Like my cousin and I, we would do this thing where it was like a continuating, like just forever changing and evolving nickname stream. Oh, yeah. For one single animal. So like every cat that I have has like, I don't even know how many nicknames, you know, and they just keep morphing slowly. Like every few months, there's like a new version, you know. Do you give your animals middle names? Because I absolutely do. Absolutely. Um, My female cat that I just adopted last, her birthday was actually on Friday. She just turned one, Carmela. And she has inherited the middle name Jean, which is my middle name. So lately I've been calling her Carm Jean. It's just so funny how names change and grow over time and to embrace it it's like a it's almost like a uh, display of your mental involvement in terms of endearment but I have like me and my husband have endless nicknames nicknames are a term of endearment for me forever yes like my three main professors in art school were not their actual names but perpetual nicknames and I remember one time I was in class and my professor wrote who's calling me Higgle Wiggle where is that coming from it's like all right it's you you could do it and then I revisited the college years after I graduated and my other professor was like what's my name I'm like Jeffrey they point to him and like, what's his name? I'm like, that's Higgle Wiggle. He goes, what's his name? I'm like, that's Hoodoo the Magical Fruit in front of a group of individuals and had no idea who I was. And I'm like, whatever. That's their name. Just like walked away. I love it. Yeah. It's so funny. But it's it's a love thing. It's definitely like a love thing. I agree. For sure. So for the person who is forever learning, like me, when you look at, this is a question I don't ask everyone, but I feel like I think about this for myself and we're a lot alike that way. So I want to know what you think. Do you ever think about like your long-term learning goals? Five-year plan, 10-year plan? Like, what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? What do you want to have mastered by then? Well, I feel like it's expected to know the answer. I don't often know the answer. And because I am a very intuitive, fluid, let's see what the day brings in kind of human being. Yeah. Uh, it's challenging because then I find if I don't achieve that, I may achieve like 90% of it, but there's like that one piece that I don't achieve, I will feel disappointed. And so it's usually for me, like, did I do these things? And it's more abstract. So when I think of five-year goals, it's like, am I treated like the expert that I am? Am I asked to speak on things? Can I raise my rates? Like these very practical things to like, yes, you can. Yes. Am I where that's I want? That's good though. I feel like that's good because it's like, they're almost more self-serving goals, like what you want for yourself goals yeah. versus like a materialistic status or a money income level or something. You're focusing more on like your own self journey and who you want to be, which I think is really cool. I walked away from six figures, six months out with over $100,000 in student loans. I don't yeah, that's, talk about That says a lot. Yeah, no, it's fine. And I don't regret going to school and I put myself through art school. It was a dream of mine but my life is so much more now yeah doing what I want to do bringing what I want to bring to the table being who I want to be as I do all of that that's worth so much more than the ability to go to J Crew and be like a thousand dollars please like that oh I'm with you 
I'm with you on that 100%. And that's why I walked away because it was more important for me to help the people that I wanted to help, connect with design as I wanted to do it, and then be the person that most people didn't take seriously when I was in the industry. And it's like, that's stupid. I yeah. can be who I am and also be professional. The two are not mutually exclusive and then march away. Right. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that says a lot about the person that you are and I think that I think a lot of people should think that way about their life and prioritize things you know you meet a lot of people who maybe make good money have good benefits whatever they're at that job for how many hours a week and they're miserable it's outrageous I can't believe it I don't understand it I don't get it either I seriously don't know how you can survive like that I really don't I don't at all my significant other Doug he's got his master's degree and he's working at a job that he you know it pays the bills it's not like his end game and he's going back to school now for chemistry because he always wanted to and I was like do it literally when he came to me and I think I rubbed off on him because I'm always learning and he finally came to me he's like I don't know I just think you know and teaching for me is very fulfilling and it's a big part of my life and he sees that in me that I walk around with this daily fulfillment every day and he finally caught the bug and was like I don't know I think I want to go back to school and I was like okay great tell me more about this passion that you have you know and it was just such an exciting time and same thing for me this pandemic has given me time more time at home why am I not doing my master's finally you know and I think I finally gave me the time to decide what I would really want to do with my life and so my master's degree is going to be in education technology management which is like I can educate anybody adults at a company I could be a trainer of some sort wherever I want to go I, I could do that and it's so exciting because to me it's still education and it's still that communication and working with people and seeing that light bulb go off but I it's now going to open up and if I decide to just keep teaching art I can do that too you know so but I love that you did that you know that you made that move for yourself because it's your every day that matters I would wake up at 8 a.m go to work angrily walk home I lived in New York at this time so I worked at 40th and Broadway and lived at 101st and Lexington and would walk home in 20 minutes being pissed as hell and then I would work on my own stuff until 3 a.m yeah I needed to feel the creative satisfaction of making things yes and that was not sustainable for me and the pull of design was so strong that there was nothing that was going to get in the way of that like I already found my complete joy shut up and so I left that with no email list no client roster paying $2,500 a month in rent it's like I don't care yeah don't care you would make it work I will make it work because yeah negotiated 106,000 six months out of school if I make that work guess what I'm gonna make work this and I love it it's the truth my husband is going back to school he's going for anthropology because I infected him and he's getting his degree right now so that we can work together helping businesses with not just their outward culture but their inward culture they're yeah. helping culture in general and I'm like nom, yes nom, 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 nom. like I am into it we need that yes. majorly I know this world needs culture and community like there's no tomorrow <laughs> For the moment, Pure Fantastico deals with design communication, anthropology, emotional intelligence, and critical thinking. That's the span. It's great. And it's such a blessing to like, this is my business. 
Yeah, it's awesome. I brought forth because that's what I felt was missing from this world. And that's a very inspiring thing to wake up to. So to go back to your question, like, how do you get the energy? (laughs) I am living in my ultimate joy from start to finish. And anything that doesn't provide that, I very much recognize that. And out it goes. Right. And you've built it. You made it your world. Yes. And that's a beautiful thing adamant that you and others can do it for them yes and I have episodes in my first season about how to start making that move you know starting with small steps taking that inventory in your life what what fills you up what drains you down take that inventory and figure it out and start nipping away at those things you know start conquering those little goals move in the direction yeah get up little (laughs) by little one by one just start making progress in some direction If you're moving in a direction that's good for you, even if it's a small step that you took, it's a step ahead of where you were before, you know? Is is that it's perpetual. Like there's an infographic that talks about your comfort zone and staying in your comfort zone and then moving into your fear zone and then moving into your confidence zone. And it's like, yeah, ad infinitum until you reincarnate into your next self. Like right. me as bold and courageous and fabulous and blah, blah, blah. I have my own level of comfort zone. I have my own level of what fear looks like. Yeah, it's totally different than it was five years ago, six months ago. Right. But that doesn't change the fact that it doesn't go away. You just recognize it. Like when you're getting your period and you're like, oh, yeah, got to deal with that. Cool. (laughs) And she arrives again. Gotta go get mozzarella sticks. I know how to handle it. That's just the way of it. That's just the way of it. It's like more tending. Jenny, this is sort of a loaded question, I think, for you. But for anyone who feels lost or directionless in this life, or maybe they're just struggling on some level with feeling like they're going anywhere, what advice would you give for them? Okay, so I am a grown woman. This is true. But I also really, really love Disney movies. I always will. I always have. And one of they're my, awesome. One of my favorite ones is a very underrated one called Meet the Robinsons. I don't know if you've ever I seen. I don't know if I've ever seen that one. As an entrepreneur, this will put a spike in your heart, and rainbows will flood out. You may cry. Okay, I gotta see it. You have to see it. It's beautiful, everyone. Okay, so one of the main points of this film. The main character is an orphan who is not welcomed by the families that are entertaining him. And he's like, screw you. I don't need this anymore. I'm going to invent something. And, you know, time travel and he meets himself in the future. And one of the main points is not to let failure or disappointment hold you back. Keep moving forward. Yeah. So one of the sentences I love to say is, I am not the same person who started the sentence. Oh, I love that. When I am feeling stuck, when I am feeling like I do not know what to do, I just say, I am not the same person who started the sentence. I am not the same person. I just repeat it until I am no longer even related to the species of person that started that sentence. Yeah. Because I love that. As long as you are alive, you have the opportunity to find the things that bring you joy and that make you feel at home. And it's more right and it's the beautiful scavenger hunt of existence to figure out what those things are. So I'm a learner, okay? I'm a weirdo. I have followed pigeons 
down the street in New York City because I was so depressed at my job. I could, I didn't have friends. My mom would call me at work and pick fights with me. The boy I was dating was abusive. Like I was in a shitty way. And there's this bird. And I'm like, all right, bird, what are we doing today? And so I end up. <laughs> take me take me on your journey. I'm here for it. You know, vacation of the month. Where are we going? And I ended up walking to like the Lincoln Tunnel, which is across Manhattan, and just finding like random urban outfitters where I found the coolest shirt. But for me, staying open, staying silly, and reminding yeah. myself that if I am alive, there is opportunity for joy. There is opportunity for newness and just to stay curious. Yeah. And stay I love that. It's such good advice for people. And I think that it really gets down to the root of growth when you think about it. Being open and seeing life with your eyes wide open. That's what I always tell my listeners. Like live your life with your eyes wide open. See, really see, not just look, see. To quote, you know what I mean? Willie Shakespeare, see feelingly. Yes. Because there's exactly. so, and trust me, I have had my heart broken. I have had the journey of the dark night of the soul. I have had that. It is still worth it to me to meet my life with heart wide open because it makes me feel good. Yeah, I've met shitty people. Oh yes, I have. But guess what? <laughs> it's so much better to greet the day with a smile than bitterness because that's yeah. who I enjoy being. And it is that simple. Me. Yeah, I know. And you always have to think too about like, okay, someday it's never going to not happen. We're all going to reach the end of our lives. We're going to be in our last days alive. Yep. And you're going to have this moment of reflection. You're going to be able to look back and see. Hindsight is always 2020. So Did what you do not you want to see? I had that with the 2020 pandemic. I absolutely had that where it was like, oh shit, the world is on fire. I better be myself right now. And that's why yeah. I butterflies in my hair. Yeah, and that's why I started my master's. I was like, this is what t- What else am I doing? And why? what am I waiting for? Why am I not doing this? Yep, and that's the, like, people. If you were over there, because I know my brother is the type of person who's like, I don't have the right supplies. I don't have the best tools. And it's like, use what you have where you are with what you've got that is creativity that is creativity it is not oh i have the best setup nope i make the best yeah and that becomes a workable thing for me to grow on if i like no one's noticing what your office looks like anyways when you've got your finished piece of artwork it's just that's what it is it speaks for itself my old podcast setup was no joke a tv tray monopoly game connect four a giant book history of the world and like this laptop balance to like plant my chin but to show me <laughs> in a nice way and it's yeah like I would photograph and be like my super professional setup because I don't care for the veneer of perfectionism I think yeah. it's boring and I would rather make a goofy face with my hair dryer bonnet on and be like what's up my hair gonna look awesome <laughs> because I want people to see that there's effort in it yeah and that the effort is the reason why i'm doing it because that effort pays off and i'm like i'm happy with who i see in the mirror right that's it 
You got to be true to yourself. You know? Whoever that is, whatever that looks like, wherever you are in that journey, it's going to be I different. Love it. Well, Jenny, it has been quite a chat. I actually would love to have you on again sometime. I thought it was so much fun. We just bounce right off the walls with each other, don't we? It's so much fun. But I really appreciate your time, and I'm I'm so, so glad that you were here with, with us today. It was really, really fun. Thank you so much. I loved having this conversation. Thank you. And we'll put all Jenny's information so you guys can find her online and see her awesome logo and all her amazing stuff. We'll put links in the show notes for you guys. Thanks, Jenny. (laughs) Thank you so much. Bye. So there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jenny as much as I enjoyed having it with her. Her outlook on life is just so inspiring and refreshing. And at the end of the day, I think it's just so important to take her advice. Be you. Be unapologetically you, no matter what, no matter what that means. As always, you can find more on Jenny in the show notes and also at purefantastico.com. As I let you go today, as usual, I just want to relay a heartfelt thank you through the sound waves from my soul to yours. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you loved something that you heard, make sure you share it with a friend or two. You never know who's going to benefit from something like this. Leave me a review. Share this episode with someone that may benefit. Head over to floatonpodcast.com to add us on social media and see updates. I'm your host and producer, Dahlia Jean. And until next time, float on.